0: blog talk radio welcome to vit friends podcast living life and love i'm your host mark braxton from raleigh north carolina vit friends is a national vitiligo support community founded by valerie Molino. for information about vitiligo vit friends support groups and ways you can support our vitiligo awareness initiative visit us at www.vitfriends.org for questions and comments you can email us at support at org. On today's show, I have Katie O'Connell. Katie, welcome.
1: Hi, Mark. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Can't complain. I'm watching a little football. That's my Sunday thing, podcasting football, and um, my team's winning right now, so I'm great.
1: <laughs> How oh, are you wonderful. on the That's a happy Sunday. I'm doing well. Yes. Yeah.
0: Good, good. So, Katie, before we get started with our conversation, um, just share a little bit with our listeners, a little bit about yourself with our listeners. Introduce yourself.
1: Perfect. Thank you. So I'm a medical student at Eastern Virginia Medical School in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, So I'm born and raised in Virginia. And right now I'm actually between my third and fourth years of medical school. Um, So I'm doing a full year of research in Boston at Brigham and Women's Hospital, and then I'll go back to Virginia um, in June to finish my fourth year of medical school.
0: Awesome, awesome, pretty cool. I spent a lot of time in Norfolk. One of my great friends from college, he's from Norfolk. So I know all about the Virginia area. So yes, I'm yes, going very and for you. But... Yes, very much so. Uh, what inspired you to choose the medical field as your profession?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question. So there's kind of a number of things. Um, One, I really, I love people. I'm definitely a people person. Um, So I think it's a great way to, you know, work with people every day, develop very close relationships with them and their health and, um, you know, get to know them on a deeper level. So I really like that aspect. I also really love teaching. Um, I was quite involved with teaching um, health education throughout college, and I think that really, um, you know, inspired me. I know that specifically in dermatology, we do a lot of education about people's conditions and, you know, skin health in general, so that aspect. And then finally, just the research and all of the, um, you know, how dynamic the profession is. There's constantly every day I'm getting notifications in my email about new research coming out and different conditions. Um, and vitiligo, especially, and I think it's a really exciting time. And um, you know, we always have to change what we're doing and adapt to the, the more that we learn. So, I love that aspect. So, kind of a combination of all of those things.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Um, here's a question uh, what, How much did you know about vitiligo before you got involved in the medical field?
1: Honestly, I didn't know anything. I've actually never, I mean, I've seen, I had seen people, you know, growing up with it, but I never, I didn't right. know anyone personally. Um, and I, I, I really didn't know much about it at all.
0: Understood, because um, even with myself, you know, having vitiligo, I didn't know a lot about it. Uh, I got received the pamphlets, but um, my interaction with others of vitiligo was very limited. Um, I knew one mm-hmm. other person, actually two other people, um, but I knew Terrell um, for quite some time, but I still didn't know much about vitiligo. So for me, you know even having the condition has been a, it has been a learning experience to find out more about right. it and even how it uh, affects other people with vitiligo because I just thought what I was going through was uh I guess this is normal and I guess in a sense it is but this is something right. that we go through so I have a better understanding um, mm-hmm. so how did you get involved with uh, the Virginia vitiligo awareness movement that's uh yeah. I guess you could you could say Rochelle is our uh, leader in that area. Go, Rochelle. Give it a shout out.
1: Yes, yes, Rochelle. Um, she's fantastic. So actually, um, some other medical students were working um, with the support group, and basically, you know, for the first two years of medical school, we don't get to interact with people a lot. Most of our stuff is online or, you know, in the in the lecture room, so we're not you know, interacting with our community. So I wanted to do something to reach out to the the local community, and I didn't know anything about Vitiligo. So I actually sent Rochelle a Facebook message, and I was like, hey, you know, I'm a medical student here. I'm really interested in dermatology. I don't know a lot about Vitiligo, but, you know, I'm doing and and be able to assist you with your mission. So um, I still remember the day. It was November first, 2018, when I met uh, Rochelle, so two years now. um, And I met her at Starbucks with one of her sons. And, you know, she just changed my world. Um, I, you've had her on the show before. She's an amazing, right. amazing um, human being. And, you know, I've learned so much over the past two years from her and, and really enjoyed working with her.
0: And, and that's what I was going to ask you about, um, um, about your experience working with the vitiligo community in Virginia. What are some of the things that you experience, you know, uh, interacting with Rochelle mm-hmm. and the others that, that are there?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question. So. Um, for one of our first things that we did together was um since we don't get that much interaction with you know uh people we we decided to do what's called we for each of our classes we have a patient panel, so we'll have people come in you know and just speak on their experiences. So we never really had one in the dermatology space we didn't have anybody come in so Rochelle and two of the other support group members actually came in and they had a two hour long discussion with the medical students about uh, Vitiligo and they said their stories you know how they were diagnosed um one of them had it since they were a young young girl and then another one got it michelle got hers around 25 so the same age that i was when i met her and so everyone shared their stories and um you know what they wanted future health care professionals to know about vitiligo because a lot of these people aren't going to be going into dermatology they're going to be going into you know other fields um and they kind of shared how they would like to be treated you know and and if We used to bring up vitiligo, um, even though we're, you know, you might be treating them for like a pulmonary condition or or diabetes or something that's not necessarily related. Uh, So it was really, it was a fantastic uh, two hours. We basically spent two hours, and I mean, there were tears. People were stayed after, and they ended up staying for three whole hours um, talking about it. So that was one of my favorite uh, initial experiences with Rochelle.
0: Um, that, that's I'm sitting here thinking I'm like ooh, that sounds like a great idea you know if once yes. we get back to um, normal life where we can actually meet in person uh, having mm-hmm. a patient panel um, so I'm actually writing this yes. down because I think that is a wonderful idea um, yes what yes. are some things that you learned about the community that the textbook didn't tell you you know because um, I know there's a lot that's not in the books I, I've read books and I'm like uh, they don't tell you about that right so yeah. what are some so, things I mean, you've learned. Mm -hmm.
1: I think a lot of um, people don't realize that, you know, this is an autoimmune condition. So, you know, up to, I think I've read as much as 25% of people can have other things. So, you know, people used to always think of vitiligo, it's just a thing, you know, there's the skin thing and people would not really take it seriously. But we have to be aware, you know, even if we're not specifically treating the vitiligo and a lot of people don't want to be treated for, you know, their vitiligo, they're they're okay. But to know that there's other things that might be going on, you know, they could have psoriasis or they could have a thyroid issue or whatever it is um there aren't a lot of other associated things that we need to keep in mind so i think that you know a lot of people even me when i first i didn't realize that it was an autoimmune thing i didn't really know much about it um so learning about that aspect i think is is really important and then also just you know i'm i'm personally i'm very much a fan of you know connecting the mental health and and all that, that aspect of um every condition um, with, you know, the specific one you're treating. So all of the things that go along, you know, with with this condition and and how people, you know, it affects their lives um, and and some more than others. But just being aware of that and and being okay talking, you know, checking in, how are you doing today? How are, you know, how is everything going with you? And and doing that aspect of it I think is important um, and, you know, something that people don't initially think about.
0: I I agree Um, because even – even with 2020, uh, with the pandemic and everything that's happening, mm-hmm. I think people see us, especially those who are close to us. They see us and they feel mm-hmm. like, oh, we're we're just living our lives as normal. Everything's good. Right. However, knowing that we have an auto, autoimmune, you know, disease, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we can be easily susceptible, you know, we we can get the virus with no problem. We right, have to be right. very cautious mm-hmm. about the company we keep and the amount of people that we're around. And I don't think everybody Mm -hmm. understands that Um, Mm -hmm. the fear of, okay, there's more than five people. I'm putting myself at risk, you know, and I know that's with anybody, but with us in particular, we know we have this condition. So we have to be very, very careful, very cautious. And for some, you know, some of our interactions, some people feel like, Oh, you're being overly cautious. We have to, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. just because you see it, Bit of light goes on the outside, but it's what's happening with our systems that we are yeah. afraid of, you know. And exactly. um, and the mental health aspect of it is very important because I feel like a lot of people don't understand how it truly affects us. You know, we could be great one day and smiling and laughing and chipper and everything else. And then tomorrow mm-hmm. we might, I say, we might be like Batman. We don't want to be bothered. We're in our cave and, you know, don't talk to us, you know. Right. And they don't get it. Um, and I think the biggest thing with our community and I'm I'm glad that we have, you know, the medical students and we're reaching out to other people and we have this podcast so they can learn and Mm -hmm. understand there's a lot that goes along with having vitiligo, you know, and, um, and and don't take it as we're being shady or shallow or standoffish. Mm -hmm. We have a condition that affects us in so many different ways. And Mm -hmm. it sometimes is a struggle to come back to, Oh, I want to be around more people. You know, it's challenging. Um, right, right. Now, I had, I have a few more questions. Um, but knowing those in your community, uh, in our community, mm-hmm. and I say yours too because you are part of our our group now, you know, um, mm-hmm. what are some things that you would change? Uh, knowing that you know the condition, let's say, is not going to go away. There's no cure at this point. And for our listeners that don't know, there's no cure at this point. Some people do repigment, but what is something that you would change if it was within your control?
1: I mean, I think. Basically, the the biggest thing is just educating people. A lot of people, we still have so many people out there um, that have no idea. You know, they think it, right. Rochelle has even had instances where you know people are scared to touch her because they think it's contagious or something. Yes. Or you know, and it's and that really uh, you know has a negative impact on people. And I think just the biggest thing I would change is continuing to uh, educate the community at large um, and and just make sure that they're aware of what little is and and, you know, and they support people instead of being scared or not wanting to talk about it. Um, we right. used to do a lot of different, um, like, collaborations with different um, restaurants around the area. So we would just go, and mm-hmm. Rochelle and I, you know, we would put up our, our, our flyers and everything and um, sit there, and Rochelle would just talk to people and just have conversations. You know, we would meet all sorts of people. And I thought that was really awesome because while we were, you know, doing, you know, having our support group members there, we were also connecting with the bigger community and just educating right. um everyone and i think that that was really awesome and we really enjoyed going around to different businesses i really hope we can start that back up uh, once things are are safe again to do so but i think you know that and and there's only going to be more and more education over time um, as we have you know the barbie doll like you were mentioning on on the last one i think that we're moving in the right direction but there's still so much um, misinformation out there and i think that's a big thing that i want to change
0: and, you know, you mentioned touch. That is very important. For our listeners mm-hmm. that do not have vitiligo, um, touch is very important. Um, I know mm-hmm. I, I've encountered people that felt like if they touch me, they're going to get vitiligo. It doesn't rub off on you. Right. It doesn't happen like that. We don't have magical powers um, where <laughs> we can just turn people different colors. It, it doesn't work like that. But I feel like that's where the education comes in, Um uh, to learn. And I feel like in this day and era, when you could just go to Google and type in white patches on the skin and vitiligo is the first thing that pops up, just do it. Right. You know, learn, learn Mm -hmm. a little bit, but Mm -hmm. touch is important. Um, And I've talked to some of the other members and including Rochelle, you know, some of our conversations, you know, it's like, it's okay. You know, you can touch us, you know, you're not going to hurt us. You know, first of all, you know, it's not where you touch our vitiligo and it hurts. But also, Mm -hmm. you know, we can't hurt you with our vitiligo. It's not a condition like Mm -hmm. that. And I think the more we teach each other and and teach our kids, because I think if if the kids learn it when they're young, they become adults that accept it.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Yeah, and I think the challenge Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Katie.
1: Have you seen that uh, book, The Vitiligo Doesn't Scare Me, the children's book? Um, Right. It it, it basically shares about, you know, vitiligo, and it's meant to, you know, teach kids at a young age. It's a very, very cute children's book. I don't know. We actually have been giving those out to the local schools because we want children to know, and, you know, even children that don't have vitiligo to understand that it's not contagious and, you know, it's okay to touch, um, and, you know, it is yeah, so I think that's a huge aspect, um, educating, especially the younger population on that. Um, it, yeah, it will be huge moving forward as well.
0: And and then we have to figure out how do we educate the adults. Because um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think a lot of the issues that we encounter include the adult, the adults. You know, the adults sometimes mm-hmm. can say cruel things without thinking, Um we can accept that from a child and say, okay, that's a child. I can educate that child. But as an adult,ist think you think you know, you would you would have more empathy towards people or compassion mm-hmm. and, and understanding. But obviously, it doesn't work that way. Um, and I know we we do have, and I say we, that includes all of us. We have a mission to teach people, but they have to be mm-hmm. teachable also. Right. Right,
1: And that's not always easy, right?
0: I uh, know, not not at all, um, not at all. Um, and I know some people don't understand why this movement is so big. Um, mm-hmm. Why are we, you know, putting so much into vitiligo awareness? And and I think that's where the lack of understanding comes in. We have to, you know, yeah. it's very important. So I have a scenario for you. Um, so just okay. picture you're in one of your meetings with other medical professionals Um, and you know of course they know about vitiligo through what the book teaches them what would you tell your colleagues you know about vitiligo um, since you've had experience with um, the Virginia movement um, and just knowing other individuals within the community and Valerie and what we're doing so what are some things that you would tell them or teach them about our vitiligo community as a whole
1: I think just, like, the the passion um, and how wonderful you guys have, like, grown this, you know, huge organization across the entire country and even now are trying to grow it even globally and have gotten interest globally. Uh, I think that it's just amazing to see uh, what, you know, people with one condition can come together and, you know, change the world, basically, and, and change how people feel about this condition. And I think it's just amazing that, you know, Valerie just got it in her heart to, to start this organization, and it's grown, um, you know, tremendously over the years. And I think that there's a lot of other conditions. People can learn so much from from y'all. And, you know, there's a lot of other conditions where people need support and they're not getting it right now. So I think there's just so much to be, you know, learned from, um, from coming together and having these online communities and these resources for people to support each other, to share their stories. And some people are, you know, a lot more comfortable and farther in their journey and some people are still trying to figure it out. And it's always changing. Um, so I think you know, even for the, the for the kids, you know, maybe someone just got diagnosed when they're you know five or six, and there's older people that right. they can talk to that are in high school. There's um, just so much to be gained from the community uh, in, in many different realms. So I think that's the main thing yeah. I would want to share.
0: Absolutely, and and two for our community, you know, and for the kids and for the adults. Um, of those who are just newly diagnosed and just mm-hmm. to let them know it's okay to be afraid, you know, it's okay to have that right. fear, but also know there are people, there, there's a whole community of people out there that you can talk to uh, with vitiligo mm-hmm. and without. And I think that right. that goes back to, you know, what you were saying is educating people and talking to each other. Um, and, and I feel like in this year, 2020, we, we're all using um, the Internet. We're all using different ways to communicate, and I feel like we can reach more people that way too. Um, exactly, yep. And and I think people now are looking for things to learn about. You know, everybody's, you know, mm-hmm. we're in the house, we're trying to figure out, oh, something else I want to learn. Well, come and learn about our community, you know. It's very important. Right. Find out who we are. And, right. and what I find interesting, and maybe you can vouch for that too, we're just like everybody else.
1: You know, exactly. and I've
0: always exactly. yeah. say that we, you know, our skin may look different, but if you are friends with Rochelle, I know y'all laugh all the time. You know, <laughs> it's got to be a constant. <laughs> and, and that's what people have to understand. We are human. We're just like you. We do all the things that you do. Some some of us are good. Some of us are bad. We're just people. You know, just our skin looks totally different. Um, mm-hmm. And I also say, like, this podcast, um, it goes around the world. I you know, sometimes I look at the stats and I'm like, Oh wow, this country's listening in. So amazing. we are connecting with people. Right. And and it's great. Now, here's my next question for you. So if we as an organization, Vit had the funding or we had a millionaire say, Hey, I'm gonna back you on anything you wanna do, you know, I'm gonna fund you, no problem, just bring on the you know, as many staff that you want. What types of programs would you like to see us implement? Because we don't always have the ideas. You know, sometimes our thoughts are limited, and we want to be unlimited in what we do. So what are some programs, ideas, or thoughts that you can throw out there?
1: Um, Well, one of the things that I've actually personally been kind of interested in is specifically this whole aspect of insurance. And so Vitiligo is getting labeled as this cosmetic issue, but that is just not true, you know, and it's, it's just very harmful. And I think it's really unfair, you know, obviously not everyone wants to be treated, but if they do want to be treated, they shouldn't have to suffer financially because of that. They should, you know, it should be covered under their insurance. Um, So that's something that's really important to me. And I've actually been working within our state to, you know, make sure that people recognize that insurance companies should not be allowed to be saying, this is a cosmetic issue. Um, And and I think like, you know, as we move forward and there are more treatments available and, you know, they may be pricey that people who would like treatment should have access to it, um, like everyone else for any other autoimmune um, condition. So, I think that is really, you know, and that takes money, um, but, you know, it starts right. with first education and then moving towards, um, towards that. So, yeah, that's one of the things that really fires me up because I just really think it's unfair okay. um, how it's been labeled in the past.
0: Right, right. Um, yeah, I recall getting the cream, and I'm looking at the price. I'm like, seriously? This this little thing costs this much money? It, and, yeah, the insurance is a big thing. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would like to see more outre- outreach programs um, mm-hmm. um, that we can do. You know, what that looks like, I, I don't know. You know, it's one of those things that I guess – the board will sit down and really look at everything and come up and brainstorm, you know, some ideas. Right. Um, I'm glad we have the podcast. Um, another cool. med student was helping out with getting it on Spotify and we're still oh, going to forward with idea. it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're trying to figure out some other social media platforms, different things we can do, mm-hmm. and we're going to need, you know, people on board to help us. And you know, I'm sitting here thinking, I said, wow, we we should get a, a TV show. You know, I'm, I'm just really brainstorming. Like, um, and I know right now we have our Friday storytelling events that, that we do through Facebook Live and Zoom. But I'm like, we need our own public access TV show. We need to get a, a program on, on NPR. You know, all these things that I listen to that I'm really starting to think about. And it's just mm-hmm. a matter of finding the right people. That we can, right, yeah. you know, bring these programs to them and, and they can get on board to say, yeah, you know, we would like to support you on that. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I know ideas, Rochelle
1: has in, been in her in the past. Rochelle has actually, like, gone on the Geraldo Rivera talk show and she's been on a few different, like, local health segments and local talk shows. Right. And she loves it. And, you know, every time I feel like it fires her up to do even more of those. So I think that's an awesome you know, avenue and there's so many local radio stations and local news sources that everyone, you know, if everyone in their certain port group locale could could in, could connect with one of those, it could really make a huge impact. I think.
0: Right, 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 and and I'm all on all all on board because um you know sometimes we we just I think 2020 has really made us stop for a minute and really think about all the ways all the ways that we can communicate with each other and how we mm-hmm. can use that to benefit our organization and benefit each other. So, mm-hmm. yeah, my my mind is open. Um, now, before we close, I do have a few announcements, and then I'll let you say some closing words, and then we'll wrap things up. Uh, for our listeners out there, we, on December 18th, which is this Friday, we have a, a live Zoom storytelling event called Happy Holidays, you know, like you're laughing ha, you know. Um, we're going to share some Christmas stories, um, just Really have a great time communicating and talking to each other. Um, it is a fun time, fun event. You can watch it on Facebook Live. Uh, if, with, if you're within the Vitiligo community, you can also um, sign up through Friends, and um, you can also bring a friend with you. Then on December 27th, please listen in that on our podcast at 2 o'clock. I will have Valerie here with me, and we will do a recap of 2020, the great things. You know, we know the challenging parts of 2020. But 2020 has not been all that bad to us. We've had some great events some great things happening within our organization. And then we're going to talk about the future of Vit friends, and where we see it, the vision we have for it, and some other special announcements. And then on December 27th, which is that same Sunday at 6 o'clock, we have a trivia event. This is round three. So, Katie, get get some of the other med students and have them join in and, and – Challenge us, because we have, we have a very good time. You know, we laugh and joke, and, you know, we're learning some things, too. So we have a great time with it.
1: Yes, it was a lot of fun the last time I participated. So I highly encourage everyone to check it out.
0: Yeah, and, and somebody, and I'm not bragging, but I'm still the champion. So somebody got beat me during round three. And if you beat me, yes, I will give you the title say, you are the trivia champion. So... <laughs> We, we are having a good time with it. We're just having a lot of fun. Absolutely. Well, and thank you so much uh, for yeah. having
1: me today, Mark.
0: You're welcome. But, Katie, before you go, can you share some words of encouragement or something positive with our listeners before you log off for today?
1: Yes. I, I think just as you were saying, you know, while 2020 has been brought a lot of, you know, heartbreak to many people. I think there's still a lot of things that we can reflect on and be happy about and, you know, think about as we head into this new year um, and just to have hope. And, you know, I know a lot of people might not be able to physically be with their loved ones over the holidays, but I still hope that you, you know, take some time to connect with them virtually or however it right. may be um, and, you know, just count your blessings and, um, you know, be thankful for, for, for what you have um, been through this year, so... Thank you so much again Absolutely. for having me. Really appreciate it. You,
0: You're welcome, Katie. Thank you for coming on and I will hopefully see you during the trivia. If not, join us for the Zoom event. Either way, it's open to Perfect. you.
1: Sounds good, Mark. Thank you. All
0: right. Take care, Katie. Bye-bye. Bye. For our listeners out there, thank you for listening in. And our next um, podcast will be December 27th at 2 o'clock. It will feature myself and BitFriends founder, Valerie Molyneux, and we will have a great, wonderful conversation about friends where we are currently and where we're going in the future. So take care. Have a wonderful Sunday. Remember to wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance, but continue to love each other. Have a great day.